Welcome to the Visegrad Insight podcast from Central Europe on Central Europe. The Three Seas Initiative Summit has been concluded in Estonia last Monday, October 19th. The summit involves a number of leaders and representatives of the governments from Central Europe, the United States, Germany and the European European Union institutions. They have uh, discussed the future of investment, the business potential, connectivity uh, across the region, pledging to support north-south connectivity in three areas, digital energy uh, and infrastructure. This is one of the several summits that already took place from the beginning of the initiative. And uh, this one, this particular one, takes place just ahead of the US elections. While Donald Trump was the full-fledged supporter, the sponsor of the initiative on, on the American side. Uh, so we decided to invite uh, a commentator and a renowned expert on foreign policy and security, uh, Izzy Schneider, former deputy foreign minister of the Czech Republic and formerly also director of the Aspen Institute Central Europe, uh, to sit with us uh, virtually on uh, on our podcast and answer a couple of our questions. My name is Wojciech Przybylski. I'm editor-in-chief of Visegrad Insight and together with Quincy Klut, We try to understand Central Europe better together with our listeners and invited guests. Yiji, what is the significance of, of this last summit? Taking into account that Estonia was now hosting it and previously it was um, rather a moderate skeptic, more of an observer rather than a fully fledged participants in the Three Seas Initiative. Now it seems it changed its position. How would you see the position of uh, other Central European countries like Czech Republic on the on the question of the Three Seas Initiative uh, and its future? Can the Three Seas Initiative deliver for Central Europe? What's your take on this? The Czech interest in the Three Seas Initiative, as I see it, is twofold. First of all, uh, there is underinvestment in uh, north-south connections in terms of transport, energy in our region, uh, from the Baltic Sea to the Adriatic Sea. And uh, definitely uh, having more of these connections will uh, give more space for maneuver in our transport and energy policy. The second interest is that it brings uh, the American uh, interest to the region, which is very important. But do you believe that without the Three Seas Initiative, American interest in the region might fade away? And what would be potential dangers resulting from that? Well, definitely uh, the U.S. companies investing uh, in the region. I mean, this is the vested interest of uh, United States to uh, keep engaged. We shouldn't uh, think only about the security, uh, but uh, in terms of hard security, but also in terms of economic links. And uh, uh, I don't think that before the three C's, we were particularly successful in the region in attracting uh, uh, reasonable uh, U.S. uh, long-term economic investments. You're listening to the Visegrad Insight podcast on Central Europe from Central Europe. Visegrad Insight is the main Central European platform for analysis and debate run by the Respublica Foundation in Warsaw. Respublica Foundation is organizing the New Europe 100 Forum on 27 and 28 of October. 
Our speakers include New Europe 100 leaders of tomorrow, uh, previously selected by Respublica, Financial Times, Google and the Visegrad Fund. Because of their success stories, their courage to challenge the status quo, their big ideas and a huge potential uh, to impact the lives of many. Organizers of the New Europe 100 Forum provide 100 tickets only to those who register by Sunday 25th of October. Check links below for program, information about the speakers and the registration link, again, that is active only until 25th of October. In the past and up until today, there have been a number of regional formats, among which the Visegrad Group has been the most successful one or the most prominent one, at least for the better or for worse. That depends on the optics also of uh, what, what is considered the main achievement. But focusing on the Three Cs initiative, what, in your opinion, will be the main parameter of success? How, how, how can we measure uh, whether uh, the Three Cs initiative can actually deliver? First of all, uh, if Three Cs is going to survive the uh, possible change in White House. Secondly, uh, if there will be uh, the fulfilled commitments uh, in terms of uh, promised uh, pledges uh, to the fund. And thirdly, if there will be, uh, if these promises will materialize in concrete projects and not just uh, a talk shop. Uh, I think these will be uh, important proofs of uh, the success. Last but not least, uh, the extent to which the three Cs will be compatible with much more powerful uh, tools in uh, the European Union. Even if there is a change in the White House, I think it is safe to assume that the Democrats will continue to support the Three Cs initiative as a strategic goal of the United States in the region, perhaps uh, changing tones here and there, and not uh, not necessarily for the for the worse of the for the Three Cs initiative um, uh, impetus and potential in the European Union, as Donald Trump has been seen as the. Uh, as a leader who is bringing more friction than necessary to the initiative. Uh, so a potential Democrat, uh, Joe Biden, in the White House uh, could go uh, very well in the direction of more cooperation and more, more building more potential with the European Union. Uh, that is, of course, assuming that there is this change in the White House uh, coming up. Uh, we have also seen in the Congress, Marcy Kaptur and uh, her Republican colleagues, uh, bipartisan initiative uh, supporting the three C's initiative. So maybe we could focus now on, on these concrete projects that seem to be really the bottleneck of the whole initiative. There is political will general idea, uh, coalition building, uh, their initial pledges to the fund. We indeed, we need to see how much money is really there in, in the fund of the three C's initiative. Poland has pledged, uh, quite a considerable amount, but for the time being, it is 80% of the, of the total budget. So the other, uh, countries need to chip in and they need to see something for themselves. When we look at the Czech Republic, um, we have seen that the government approved for the new canal project uh, connecting Oder, Elbe and Danube, um, 
which uh, by estimate uh, number the estimate numbers of of how um, how much worth how much it is worth uh, say of about uh, 21 billion euro if i'm not mistaken uh, is that the only project that uh, czech republic is is looking at right now and how do you see uh, really the you know the, the the potential of of specifically this project or other projects that might come from czech republic i see uh, one problem with the three c's projects uh, it seems to me that uh, uh, different states have a different uh, views on the priorities uh lastly the hosts of the last summit uh estonians uh, were stressing immaterial digital projects as opposed to material transport and energy infrastructure projects uh the project which is pushed by czech president and uh, i think the government is hesitantly uh, supporting it, but it's a kind of political uh, trade with the uh, president and there's a large opposition against this project, which is not seen as a reasonable project. It's a typical example of that. And uh, uh, the question is if uh, there will be a good management of uh, resources uh, capable of uh, uh, attracting not only public money and uh, public contributions from the participating states, but also private, uh, more sustainable uh, uh, investment. And if there will be a kind of equitable solution, which will allow for each member state to, uh, to feel like a stakeholder of the project. And uh, this is not for granted. And uh, we have seen an even a founding uh, country, uh, Croatia, uh, there is no consensus. Uh, um, I just refer to the recent uh, uh, opinion of the Croatian president who himself did not participate in uh, the Tallinn summit. So from that point of view, the real bottlenecks in the initiative are uh, different uh, interests or different perceptions of, of national interest um, of individual countries. Uh, do you see any chance that will change in time? What would be what would be the catalyst of this change? You know, governments in each of the countries of the initiative come and go, but uh, I see as a possibility, though very difficult creating a transnational consortia of private interests which will be driving the initiative and as i'm realist uh, there's been many attempts to create such consortia in energy it failed in uh, transport i don't see a great success maybe in digital uh, the interest groups are more flexible and more open to cooperation. Maybe Estonians are right, and it will be possible to create it in uh, the most advanced high-tech industries. Although the deficit in investment in 
in roads and infrastructure material one is is still great and we should hope that uh, it will be possible to bridge this gap uh, from the eu funds meanwhile thank you for listening to the visegrad inside podcast on central europe from central europe If you like us, click the appropriate button in your favorite podcast platform, uh, share the story of this podcast on your social media and write to us, contact at visegradinside.eu. Stay tuned for the next episode of Visegrad Inside podcast, when we will discuss the attitudes of youth in Central Europe, their activism, their mobilization potential, their political potential, uh, based on a fresh new report to be released by the National Democratic Institute.